to fall back and I'll be like the others. I've, I've paid my debt, let me out. Please, you'll never regret it. everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of Exploit It. I'm Alexis Strowski. And one day I too will escape the prison of my mind. Oh, I've been saying that for my whole life. I'm Kevin Neal. <laughs> and this week we're talking about Caged from 1950, directed by John Cromwell. Each day the criminal courts condemn scores of unfortunate girls to prisons that need reforming more than the prisoners. For in these dismal cages, the first-time loser is exposed to the habitual criminal by a vicious, outmoded penal system. I am interested in seeing that we give every inmate a chance for readjustment, to become a worthwhile human being. I wish we could drag the public in here to see the inmates decaying. But even sympathetic officers are helpless against the system. For here, the underworld conducts its training school, where new recruits are taught every vice imaginable. Here, corrupt matrons exact tribute from inmates who can pay and wreak brutality on those who can. Here, women without men live only for the moment of freedom, while the bars of their cage seem to close in on them in a mad, swirling pattern of terror. We operate on a big scale, and boys will protect you just like your own mother. If they protect you, why are you in here? I knocked a guy off. I've lived a lifetime and a year in this cage. And if I have to fall back in, I'll be like the others. I've, I've paid my debt. Let me out. Please, you'll never regret it. You know it's against the rules to have any pets. Hand it over. This is an old movie. It is. Yeah. Um, like you said before, though, not our oldest. Not our quite. Second oldest. Yes, it is our second oldest. Only Reefer Madness is older. Yep. I don't think we'll ever get anything older than Reefer Madness. I don't know. We might do some silent film or. I don't know. <laughs> when did White Zombie come out? Uh, the 30s. 1932. I think that's older than Reefer Madness. Yeah, Reefer Madness is 36. We could do White Zombie. We could. That would be in our wheelhouse. So, this movie, though, Cage, directed by John John Cromwell, who, before this, he was just like a uh, plain-ass Hollywood director. Uh, did just a bunch of hit movies that were all, a lot of them were feel-goods, you know? Yeah. Uh, he did, like, a biography of Abraham Lincoln, little Lord Fauntleroy, things like that. Right. But then the uh, House Un-American Activities Committee happened in 1947. Huh. And he was one of the people brought up because he, uh, he'd he been active during a re-election campaign for Franklin Delano Roosevelt. And he's like, yes, I am a liberal Democrat. And they're like, then you must be a communist. Um, Hollywood was going to blacklist him. But they're like, well, you could do this movie and we won't. <laughs> and it was called um, I Married a Communist. Oh, God. And he was like, okay, I'm out. Two middle fingers. I'm going to go make socially conscious movies now. And that's how he came to make Caged for Warner Brothers. 
Well, good for Warner Brothers. Yeah. The only other movies he did after that, he made The Racket, which is about gangsters, but it's a condemnation of the corporate world. Like, it's posing um, CEOs as gangsters. Yeah. And then uh, The Goddess, 1958, which is your uh, indictment of Hollywood about innocent young girls with hopes and dreams, and then is used by cruel producers and dies. It's a Valley of the Dolls type. So, Cage opens with big music, that Warner Brother logo, all the credits. You know, this You know this is 1950 Hollywood from that opening. Yeah. And we get the shadowy view of a police transport, and it stops, and it's we see all the women inside, and the guy going, pile out, your tramps! <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, we're at the Women's State Prison, and young Marie Allen, played by Eleanor Parker, is terrified. I actually like the shot of them in the car. It's in the dark. Yeah, because you don't see them. Yeah, it just like gives you kind of that claustrophobic sort of vibe of what it would be like to be riding one of these stupid cop cars to prison. Yeah, and it almost feels like a reveal that it's like, oh, look, it's women in here. Uh, yeah, but it was obviously, but it was probably... Oh, it's probably fully advertised as women. Yeah, yeah, I gotta imagine. This one woman just take, has her take a look out on the street and goes, grab your last look at Freeside, kid. And this prison just like right there in the middle of town. Yep. Train runs right by it. There's a church across the street. Probably hear kids playing. <laughs> and as they go in, it's, it feels very orange as the new black, I think, because um, that's just also women in prison. Yeah, I've never actually watched that show. Well, you have that one woman. <laughs> I mean, I've watched a lot of women in prison movies. Yeah, it's very similar to this, only it carries out over uh, several seasons. <laughs> Basically, women being broken down in prison. That sounds miserable. Yeah, it is. I have enough problems uh, watching a movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, Marie's being guided around by like some experienced criminal that's being nice to her. You know, a lot of the women recognize the other prisoners that happen to be passing by. They're like, oh, you're back. Hey, how you doing? So many lifers. Yeah. And so, so I say that once you've been in, you're extremely likely to come back just because you start remembering how to live any other way. Yeah. Um, you get that whole blood in, blood out thing going on. That's right. And so she's being interviewed by prison staff, and they're like, you're married? Huh? Yeah. Is it legitimate? And she's got to give up all of her valuables. You know, it's it's your typical kind of women in prison scene of a woman being, you know, brought into the prison and going through all the shameful things, you know, that they yeah, think no. she's this horrible, horrible person because she's going to prison. Yeah, and her crime is pretty stupid. Yeah, well, she's going to prison for armed robbery. Except all she did was be in the car when her husband did it and try to protect him when he was like, probably shot or something. Yeah, like, she didn't know that he was gonna go rob this convenience store. They gave this 19-year-old girl one to 15 years. That's a pretty broad range for a sentence. Yeah, because her husband gets, like, shot or something, and he'd run in, she'd run in, like, oh my god, my husband, what's wrong? They're like, that's, that's an accessory to prison with you, ma'am. And they're like, and we didn't even keep the money, they took back the $40. <laughs> I did not look up what forty dollars in nineteen fifties money is today. It might be a couple grand. I don't know. I <laughs> forty dollars. Well, they they also say um, that like if it had been five dollars left, it wouldn't have been a felony. So five hundred and five hundred and seven dollars and thirty seven cents. Wow, 
That is huge inflation. Yep. Welcome welcome to 2023 inflation. Forty dollars in nineteen fifty is now five hundred dollars. Yeah, ten more than ten times inflation since nineteen fifty. I'd rob a place for five hundred, not for forty. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's what you'd be doing. Yeah. Then she goes to the uh, the rather demeaning and embarrassing physical. Yeah, not particularly a nice physical, but at least you know they have an actual nurse. Yeah. And the nurse realizes that, oh, you expect in company. We got another pregnant one. <laughs> yeah, this is not a not an uncommon thing here at the... Uh... Yeah, and they're like, do you know who the father is? She's like, it's my husband. And they go, well, la-di-da, ain't we getting respectable? Yeah, because I, I just assume all the women in here are just prostitutes and low-lives. Or as we, we, we learn later, CP. Yeah. Stands for Common Prostitutes. <laughs> And um, her husband's dead, though. He died in that robbery. Right. You know, they're they're trying to take her mugshot, and she's like, couldn't I have a comb? They're like, yeah, what's the difference? There's no men in here. And I'm mad about that line, because I'm like, sometimes people want to look good for themselves. You know, it's, it's not always for that's, a man. <laughs> that's That was my note, too. But also, you're not going to be hanging this one on your wall. <laughs> Maybe, and you're like, hey, this is my first mugshot. Passing it down to the kids. Yeah. Um. So they that first they send her to isolation for two weeks until her blood tests come back. Because it's 1950 and it takes a while to get blood tests back. Yeah, they don't know if you've got some disease that you're going to be spreading to everybody. So they put these girls in isolation at first. Right. They 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 get to bunk with each other for. And there's some woman off in the back, like dying, and telling her like, "Welcome to Lysol Lane." <laughs> And then we get this one woman that shows up. We get more women that are in now. Um, this woman, Emma, is the character's name, played by Ellen Corby. I love Emma. She's like, it's the judge's fault I'm here. <laughs> because apparently she shot at her husband three times, and each time they like let her go because he was like this abusive shit. But then she killed him. And that's what they send her to prison for. And she goes, if 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 that judge had nabbed me the first three times when I was practicing, I wouldn't be here for murder. <laughs> and everyone has a good laugh at that. They're like, "Oh, Emma," but I'm like, she she does have a good point. Like, also self defense, <laughs> but it's 1950 where your husband can beat the shit out of you if he feels like it. Yeah, like she she's tried to shoot at him three times i mean it's clear this is not a healthy relationship she's she's crying for help to get out of this and this judge kept sending her back to live with this horrible guy you know but i'm not surprised she murdered him 1950 yeah yep. this goofy young woman though played by ellen corby did a ton of television movies, mostly B-pictures and westerns, but her big claim to fame towards the end of her career was she was the grandma in The Waltons. Oh, wow. And that was pretty much the rest of her career, was that character, that, that you know, all the Walton specials and reunions, until she died in 1999 at the age of 87. Yeah, I was looking over the cast of this movie. Most of these ladies made it into their 80s or 90s. Yeah, I think all of these people are dead, though. Yes, they're all dead. But I'm shocked that there were, like, people still alive in, like, 2013. If we had covered this back in the old Geek Juice era... We would have killed uh, somebody. These people, yeah, we would have killed somebody. These people were still alive, so... They uh, long lived. Yep. 
And so two weeks pass, and she goes along, and they're like, oh, you're two months pregnant, by the way. Welcome to real prison. Yes, now they're in general pop. Yep. She goes to meet the prison superintendent, Ruth Benton, played by Agnes Moorhead. She, Agnes Moorhead's first film was Citizen Kane. That's quite a that's quite a first film. Yeah, and her final role in life was the voice of the goose in that animated Charlotte's Web that everyone watched growing up. It's an interesting start and beginning into your career. Um, a movie that a lot of people think is the best movie of all time and a beloved children's film. Yeah, it's not too bad. Somewhere in between, she played Andorra, the mother on Bewitched. I know. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Much different character. <laughs> yep. So, so her face shows up anytime we watch a movie about witches. <laughs> That's, well, I mean, how can it not? Yep. And she's like, don't be frightened. I want you to believe that we're all here to help you. I'd like you to believe that I want to be your friend if you let me. And my note there is just like, oh, bullshit. Except she's it's not. It's not. <laughs> You know, we see that she's actually a good woman, but her hands are so fucking tied. <laughs> we, we're we so used to watching these fucking women in prison movies where the, the superintendent is just, like, sadistic and horrible and pretending to be nice. And this time it's like, oh, she's actually a good person. <laughs> that, Whoops. Uh, that just has no power to do anything. <laughs> right, because the system is corrupt, which is the whole theme of the movie, of course. Yeah. So Marie breaks down sobbing. She's like, oh, I've been so lonely. All these women are awful and they say awful things. Hadn't and, been that mean to her yet. No, not yet. And um, so all that uh, Benton tells her is like, yeah, you're going to find all kinds of women in here, just like you would outside. Here, have That's a true. cigarette. You're two months pregnant. Smoke up. <laughs> Gotta love the 1950s. And she explains. Nine out of ten doctors say it's good for you. And, um. She's like, hey, first offenders like you, Marie, they're our greatest concern. Um, but, of course, I want you to have friends. All of us need an outlet for affection. <laughs> and um, they're like, you'll be eligible for parole in ten months. She's like, you mean I have to have my baby in prison? Yep. We're going to send you to go work in the laundry because of your condition. And so that's when we go to meet Matron Harper, who is a character. This woman. She's like... Very smart. Very manipulative. Very smart. She is the uh, the 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 queen of this this part of the prison, and she is a coded lesbian uh, because during this era, during the Hays Code era, a lot mm -hmm. the, there were uh, this practice of queer coding, which is defined as such characters whose sexual identity may not be explicitly confirmed within their respective work. Or they may, in fact, be straight despite their queer mannerisms. A character might be quoted as queer through the use of traits and stereotypes recognizable to the audience. That's the Wikipedia definition. <laughs> but this woman is basically, she's a lesbian, but also a villain. Because that's the other thing they did with queer coding, is they would give all the um, homosexual mannerisms to villains. Yeah. Um, Disney did it a lot. If you think of Ursula, Captain Hook, Scar, Death. You got uh, Joel Cairo in Maltese Falcon. Yeah, Peter Lorre. So the, character, the character in the book, because I've actually read the book, is, uh, is, is explicitly gay. But In the film, he's coded. He's coded as gay. <laughs> Just give him the mannerisms. Because by 1941, the Hayes Code was in effect. So. Yeah, Hitchcock did a lot of queer coding of villains. Team Rocket are queer-coded. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, they are. But, A, the queer community is taking them back to be their heroes. <laughs> I mean, 
Pokemon wouldn't be the same without them, let's be honest. I mean, like, we didn't even get openly gay characters in a positive light until, like, the 90s. And it's still a big deal. Every time there's, like, a gay character, people are like, woke! I know, it's so weird. It's like, they they exist, guys. Yeah, And, this and they're, most of them are pretty cool. And this woman who plays Harper, the actress is Hope Emerson. She was a vaudevillian strong woman who did some <laughs> acting. Wasn't she like 6'2 or something ridiculous like yeah, that? Yeah, she she's a big woman. She is. She definitely looks like she could hurt you. Yeah. So she's like, let's you and me get acquainted, honey. And she's got all kinds of stuff in this office that she lives in. Sometimes there's a bed in it. <laughs> she's, uh, yeah, she's running a, uh, some black market goods. Yeah, and she shows off to, to Marie about, like, these are all the things, I, little comforts I provide for my girls. Um, I compared her a lot to Matron Mama Morton from Chicago. Oh, yeah. Like, if you're good to Mama, then Mama's good to you. And then, right, um, exactly. So Harper's like, oh, you got a husband. Oh, he's dead. Oh, okay. What about your family? Well, you know, my stepfather's unemployed and they don't want to see me. Oh, so you can't get money from him? And she's like, you're not my friend now. Yeah. So instead of making her work in the laundry, she's like, scrub these floors with lie. Yeah. It's pretty pretty brutal. It's like, just because she had no money. Yeah. It's mean. It's not It's not like she's like, no, I'm too good for this. She's like, I just don't have any money. And um, so she's like, but I'm still in the laundry. Nope, nope. I'm, I'm in charge here. And that's when she Which, meets. Oh, go ahead. It's not wrong. It's yeah. not wrong. She shouldn't be, but she is. And that's where Marie meets her new friends. We get Kitty Stark, who's like Queen Bee in this place of the prisoners. Um, there's another girl, Claire, and then there's Smoochie, who I can't stand this girl's voice. She's the, uh, the prostitute, CP. CP. She's like, Larceny don't talk to CPs. What's a CP? Common prostitute. It's a type of voice that you only hear in films of this time. Oh, yeah. I got kind of a Harley Quinn vibe from it. Yeah, it's very Harley Quinn. It's the, uh, I guess it's but the... Harley Quinn never, never bothers me. I don't know. It's the American version of a Cockney accent, I guess. Yeah, kind of. Well, yeah, it's that fast-talking, high-pants, 40s-style stuff. Yeah. yeah, you see? It is. But it's, a, but it's a woman doing it. And then we get this woman, uh, Georgia Harrison, coming up. Um, <laughs> and she she was, like, very wealthy. Um, but she's in prison for forgery, and she's she's a bit daffy. Yeah, well, she's <laughs> she's much like the other characters in this movie. The uh, the machinations of men have largely put them here. Yes, that's a big thing. Is that all of these women are here because of men? These women's yeah. lives are all destroyed by men con- who control everything. That is that is that is one of the two central themes of this movie. Yep. Aside of just general systemic corruption and in, in and, politics and the prison system, and that men suck. <laughs> I mean, uh, like literally, they're all they all get screwed by somebody. Uh, Georgia didn't know what the hell she was doing. Her fucking embezzling hum- husband just said, "I can't sign these." Yeah. Well, Smoochie describes it. I wrote down her line. I'll try to do her voice. Fell in with a guy that liked to spend other people's money and got her to write a bunch of bounces. <laughs> yep. Um, I love the slang throughout the movie. This 1950s slang. Yeah. Um, so then they're off to the cafeteria, and of course the food is awful. Yeah, I mean... 
I, I can't imagine a prison with good food. Yeah, and so Harper pulls Marie out and is calling her a squealer because Benton found out about this job change. And she's like, you snitching bitch. But it's actually this, like, hundred-year-old woman in the prison that snitched her out. Yeah, the lifer for murder. Who's been there for, like, 30 years or something. Yeah. Well, she says more later. We'll get to it. But she's – this woman is ancient, has been here her whole life. She has no more fucks to give. Yeah, she's just straight up fuck. She just straight up, straight up fucks with, with uh, the matron. Yeah, she's like, I snitched. Well, why? Because I wanted to. I fuck you, Harper. And Harper's, like, yeah. gonna hit her, and she's like, go ahead, I don't fucking care. Go ahead, I'll just... <laughs> she basically says, I will kill you, because it doesn't matter, I'm already in here for life. Yeah. We get a scene of girls in the shower, because it's a woman in prison film, but we only see nudity from the knees down. Yeah. Uh, if this were 1970, we would have a uh, lot of full frontal. But yeah. This is 1950, so we have nothing. Um, and the girls talk about what they did on the outside. And how they all ended up here because of men. Yep. Smoochie's like, ah, men are important, but I won't want to see them abolished. But everyone else is like, no, you're wrong, Smoochie. Fuck men. She she likes a good deep dicking. Yeah. That's why she took up the CP bracket. That's right. There's one woman that's like... Just go full, uh, uh, full wicker man and use men as breeding stock. It's fine. Yeah, you could do that, then, Smoochie. That's called the best of both worlds. She'd be great on that uh, Summer's Isle. That's right. One woman mentions that uh, she was married five times. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. what's wrong with that? Well, nothing. If you're not married to them all at the same time, like I was. Whoop. It's like, oh, you poor woman. That sounds like a nightmare. Oh, a lot of work to me. And then uh, Marie mentions that her husband's dead. And Kitty's like, oh, good for you, girl. I know, Kitty's like, you're, you're free. You're lucky. <laughs> You know, if he was alive, he'd have another day when he got out anyway. You saved yourself the trouble. Well, given that he's a guy who would commit armed robbery, that's probably correct. Marie's bed sucks. You know, it's her first night there. Some woman smiles and waves at her. And I'm like, ooh, lesbianism? <laughs> and it's, you know, a communal living situation. You have to listen to... She's just sitting there listening to all these other women hum... Or sneeze and cough and yawn and farting and everything. Yep. I mean, it's like being in a military. Yeah. And then Georgia is a bit daft. He just loses her goddamn mind. Prison has broken yeah, this woman. Yeah. It's breakdown. <laughs> she's like, I want to go home. And she's like, punch and punches out a window. <laughs> yeah. Nearly kills her. May actually have killed herself. I don't think we see her. Yeah, we never see her again. Well, when they her want. Harper wants to, like, throw her in the hole or something. It's like, no, she's got an artery. She has to go to the infirmary, and we never see her again. Yeah, and Marie is like, oh, shit, this is what I have to look forward to. And we get a montage of her just fitting in with prison life. Yeah, prison life montage time. With this I mean, I do love bell a good, over and over. I do, oh, yeah, the bell. I had a migraine when I was watching this, too. That bell was uh, not helping. That bell's doing its job, then. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty brutal. Uh, but I do love me a good montage, so. Yep. It's her doing laundry, eating food, sleeping, going through a roll call, just life at prison. And so eventually Kitty believes that Mary, Marie isn't a squealer, and she's like, I'm going to offer you a job on the outside boosting, which is shoplifting from department stores. Right. Um, it's not It's not uh, paying to improve uh, 
or uh, Discord performance. No, <laughs> it's it's um it's shoplifting, and Kitty's there because she knocked a guy off. But she says the syndicate pays me for recruiting, so I can take care of Harper. And what- right, she's Harper's on the on the payroll. And Kitty recruits girls for the mob, and the way they do this is they set them up with a fake job so they can get parole. And then when they get out, they uh, they go to to boosting. But the as far as the parole board knows, is they're they're leaving to start a new life as like a cashier at a Long John Silver's or something. Yeah, exactly. That is exactly Just their racket. Mattr- a mattress store. Yeah, <laughs> because if you don't have a job, you miss parole, and they call that doing dead time. Like, yeah, because you'll get approved for parole, but since they don't have a job for you, they just throw you back until until you can get one. a job. Yeah, and how are you going to get a job from in prison? Right. It's basically like, well, you don't deserve to be here anymore, but we can't have you going anywhere either. Yeah, and so hence the Long John Silver's racket. That's right. As I refer to it throughout of here. Um, so apparently she's six months pregnant now, but doesn't look it. And why the hell are they giving this pregnant woman the top bunk? That's an excellent question. <laughs> That's a pretty fucked up thing to do. Pretty much anything, I just go with 1950 and call it a day. You know, and so this, this other girl, June, is up for parole. And everyone's happy for her that she's going to go see the parole board. And they ask her, well, what got you in here in the first place? She's like, a guy. Yeah, of course. You know, she's going to parole, and she's she's telling Marie, you know, you're lucky your man's dead. He can't turn you into a two-time loser like mine did. And so June is denied parole because she doesn't have a job. Right. She gets, what they call it, flopped back. Yep, she gets flopped back in. And she is just a wreck, understandably. Yeah, not, right. Not because, not again, not because, oh, you you know, you don't, we don't find you have, feel you know, the bullshit about, Completing a rehabilitation. It's not that. She's, it's fine, but just, no job, so no job. you can't go out. Uh, that's when Harper shows up all dressed to the nines, this fancy dress, and Smoochie's like, if that's what dames are wearing now, I'm glad I'm in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, that's ugly as shit. I don't want to wear that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's fashion. Oh, fuck. I'll stay living here. And Harper's like, so fucking evil. She's rubbing into June's face that, like, oh, too bad you didn't get parole. We could have double-dated with my guy's friend. And um, the prisoners, they try to tell, they tell Harper that you should tell Benton that June's acting crazy. She's ask- acting stir-bugs is the, the slang they use. I like it. Yeah. Yep. And Harper's like, well, Peter don't like me to keep him waiting. So, bye. And Marie is the one that wakes up in the middle of the night to discover June has committed suicide. I had, that seems like pretty intense shit for 1950. Yeah, she is just hanging in the bathroom. And Maria's this like, movie, this movie definitely pushes the limits of the Hayes Code. Yeah, it does because the Hayes Code didn't want dark movies; they wanted nice, happy movies that made everybody feel good. It's you know critical of the prison system. It's critical of it's it's a feminist film, really. Yeah, and it's uh, very frank about sexuality, especially for the era. Um, so it's definitely, definitely a boundary-pushing movie for 1950. So when Marie goes into labor premature, Benton mm-hmm. has a hard time finding a doctor because men are terrible. Like, she's calling up one doctor, and he's, like, at a poker game with all these other doctors, and they're like, shh, shh, shh pretend we're not here. I don't want to go to the fucking prison. That's right. <laughs> Finally finds one doctor who's just, and hates how the place looks. 
Well, that's because it's run down and not well supplied. Yeah, he's like, when my dog had distemper, I took him to infirmaries cleaner than this. Yeah, that's not a good sign. And then we, we get more about Benton and Harper just fucking hate each other. And Benton's like, I, I want to get Harper fired. She's yelling at her like, you helped to kill June just as surely as if you hanged her yourself. Yeah, that's a, that's a dagger. Yeah, and um, Harper's like, meh. Um, you know, you don't know how to run a prison. These women should be beaten and tortured. Like the old days. Yeah, like the old days. <laughs> the good old days. And Benton can't fire Harper because she's politically connected. And apparently was a political appointee, so, like... Yeah. Yeah. And, so um, she has friends in high places that got her there, and so it's just like, she has no authority to fire her. Somebody from the state comes in, you know, talk about, hey, we heard about the state of the infirmary. And Benton's like, yeah, yeah, we need money for it. And Yeah, they gave him, like, a fraction of the budget they should have had. Yeah, and the guy's like, oh my god, what else do you want? A, a swimming pool? A beauty parlor? <laughs> like having a working infirmary in some sort of fucking luxury. Well, that's the thing. Is like at the time we didn't really view prisoners as human, right? Oh yeah, exactly. And this guy definitely doesn't because Benton's that's like what, that's what Benton's fighting for. Yeah, Benton's like we could at least get a psychiatrist on staff, and he's like, what? What? No, for these fucking things, nah. <laughs> I guess she had successfully done it at other prisons in the past. Yeah, but now she's stuck in hell prison here. Maybe it was in different states that were less abusive. Marie gets to see her baby really, really briefly. And then she meets with her mother. Who's like, hey, mom, you're going to take this baby? And the mom's like, ah, uh, I can't. Your stepfather won't let me. And she's like, ah, your, your stepfather sucks, but I can't leave him. Because then I would have no money. And nobody to take care of me. And also wouldn't be able to afford to take care of the baby. Yeah. And I put that she is trapped in a loveless marriage with a bad man because of this patriarchal shit society. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I, it, that's I mean that's a running theme through the movie. It continues here. Mom just, she can't even continue the conversation, runs out with Marie screaming, Mother, you gotta take him! Because her baby just goes into the system and is adopted by strangers, apparently. <sighs> what can you do? Like, she has no other relatives. Yeah. Stepfather's a shithead. Her mom has no money. And she obviously can't take care of her in prison. Her husband's dead. Like, the shit, just a shitty situation. Yeah, and Kitty keeps on encouraging Marie to take this job. She's like, hey, I can get you that, that Long John Silver's cashier job where you're actually boosting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they just launder money through there. Warns her that if you stay in here too long, you don't think about guys at all. You just get out of the habit. But we get to Marie's parole hearing, and she's very excited. And Kitty's like, you're wasting your time. You know, people out there won't give you a job. True. It's still true today, realistically. And at the same time, Harper learns that Vice Queen Elvira Powell is coming to this prison, who is apparently Kitty's arch nemesis. And Harper is delighted to learn of this. And she goes to go give Kitty shit about it. She's like, look who's coming. You know, she's going to be able to pay me and I don't need to, to get money from you anymore. I'll have this woman. So she calls her out to all the other girls, saying, you know what? Kitty sucks. She's no longer Queen Bee. We're getting a new one. We're getting an institution with a big bankroll. And this becomes important, by the way. Yeah. Yep. But first we have the actual parole hearing, where it's just a bunch of quiet men all smoking. They don't even look at her. Yeah. And Benton's got her back, is trying to help her. Because they're like, oh, you're only 19? 
Benton's like, yeah, but you age hard in prison. She's mentally older than 19, you know? <laughs> right. And, you know, Marie's, like, practically begging to get parole. And they're like, oh, well, you got no job, so back you go. Well, it's even more than that, because they're like, oh, you're too young. We need to make sure you have a, someone to take care of you. And it's like, wait, wait, wait. You put a 19-year-old girl in prison for up to 15 years for armed robbery, but you won't let her, you won't let her out because you think she's too young? Yeah. Take they, uh, one or the other. They're like, there's no one to take care of you. Well, she's not going to suddenly magically get somebody to take care of her if she's in prison. And Marie's mind breaks, and it's that ringing bell again. And she tries to escape, like, just, just putting her hands on the barbed wire and everything. And no consequences. They, like, kind of bet and, like, I get it. I get it. You're okay, Marie. Well, we'll just chalk this one up, you know. And um, then we get we get to meet Elvira now, who fucking just owns the prison yard on day one. <laughs> and she explains that she took a phony rap to get a six-month stay to avoid a subpoena in a different affair. Right, she basically took a... a- Took a little trip, little vacation to to take the heat off of her associates. She's paying Harper a hundred dollars a week. So that's like pulling up that inflation calculator again. That's a thousand two hundred sixty eight dollars. That's a pretty good weekly income. <laughs> that is a pretty good weekly income for on top of whatever the hell she's getting paid for being the matron. Oh, probably that's just minimum wage. Still, though, that's another 1200 bucks a week on top of that. Yep. Then Plus I'll- anybody else paying her off. I mean, probably other people paying her off, too. And then Elvira catches sight of Marie, and she's like, oh, well, you're a cute trick. Um, yeah. And Marie's like, no, flirting. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and we get the scene where Kitty is training some other girl how to boost. Oh, yeah. And, um... She's not very good at it. And then Marie's like, here, let me show you. And she totally does it. She totally pulls this off. Like, <laughs> pretending to point to other counters and just the stuff's gone. <laughs> Marie getting real hard, real fast after missing her parole. Yeah, and then she realizes, oh shit, what am I doing? No, 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 I don't want this. Bye-bye. <laughs> but she's tempted. And apparently, um, Avira here paid off Harper to get all these other girls' Christmas presents. And yeah. it's it's a lipstick. They all got lipstick, except for Marie gets this big-ass fucking, like, compact. But it's, like, studded with rhinestones and it's this big heart because she's trying to... She's trying to woo Marie to come work for her. And, um... So then, Pal is like, Hey, Harper, I'll give you another hundred dollars to get word to the superintendent that Kitty is recruiting from prison. And that's when, uh... Benton comes in and, and calls Harper's bluff about these gifts, because they're not allowed lipstick. Yeah. And Benton's like, you know what? We're changing policy. Your girls can have lipstick. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And they all sing a Christmas song. Um, and Benton's like, oh, Marie, why aren't you singing? She's like, well, I've got nothing good to sing about. It reminded me a lot of, like, when you have, like, a, a, like a day where war isn't going on, and your barracks is just, like, yeah. partying. Well, Orange is the New Black was filled with many moments like this where they would forget that they were in prison and they were all having a good time together. We don't get that in the next movie, though. That's for damn sure. No. Harper takes Kitty down to solitary and just beats the shit out of her. Because that's the kind of bitch that Harper is. Yep. And speaking of another Kitty, Marie finds a little kitten and tries to adopt him. 
Yeah, that was a terrible fucking idea, and you could tell that from the moment she picked up the goddamn cat. Yeah, I put, oh my god, this will end badly. And, um, she names the kitten Fluff, and all the girls help care for it. But, uh, during cat count one morning, the cat meows, and Harper knows. And she, she tries to take the kitten, and the girls fucking riot. It turns into a big-ass riot. They're knocking down bunks and shredding mattresses, breaking the lights. And then Benton storms in to, to restore order. She takes away all privileges. And that poor little kitten was killed. <laughs> right. Which, of course, it, like, yawns in the middle of the scene. But, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, then she's holding this dead kitten. Like, it's dead! Ah! <laughs> I'm not convinced. You could have just not used, dead yet. You couldn't use a prop dead cat? <laughs> I'm not dead yet. Yes, you are. You'll be dead soon. <laughs> um, so, Benton is like three days solitary for Marie. And Harper's like, well, I don't like that. First, I'm going to shave off all of her hair. And then she's like, if you rat on me or something, I'm like, how the fuck is she not going to find out? <laughs> like, yeah. you, she's missing her hair. It's not like she could have shaved it herself. She's going to tell, oh, no, I went to the, the barber shop and asked for this. Yeah, did you, didn't you know you guys got approved for uh, a hairdresser? And as she's going into solitary, Kitty is leaving, and Kitty is just broken. She's This woman is dead on the inside now. And so Benton finds out that uh, Harper shaved off Marie's hair, and is like, this is the last straw, I'm going to fire you now. And Harper's like, oh, go ahead. And she calls her political connection to protect her job, and try to get Benton fired for, like, prison immorality or something. And, you know, so the government comes back in, and they're like, oh, what's the point of getting Harper riled up over nothing? Ben's like, I wouldn't call the forced clipping of a girl's hair nothing. But yeah, these awful men would. <laughs> it's, well, they don't, it's it's two things. They're women, and they're prisoners. Like, cares about these fucking people? They're like, oh, by the way, Ben, this is how, this is how we're going to blow this over. We're going to go ahead and remove all the educational programs, remove work release, you know, just take away everything. And Benton's like, what the fuck kind of directive is this? You people are horrible. Yeah. And they're like, well, you could resign. And she's like, nah, I'm going to have my public hearing to expose you. They're like, no, you're not. Which, yeah, we never do get any resolution to that. They're just horrible people. They just kind of let it ride, basically. And so Marie comes back looking like Natalie Portman in V for Vendetta. Yeah. <laughs> G.I. Jane. Yeah. Just completely shaved head. And the woman, She looks a lot, you're right though, she looks a lot like Natalie Portman. And so the woman tried to protest by slamming their footlockers and I'm like, good for them. What she did to Marie is terrible. And then Elvira sees that kitty, it's just how broken she is. And Elvira goes and apologizes to her. She's like, yeah, look, it it went too far, even for her. Yeah, um, she's like, yeah, I, I didn't know that Harper was a goddamn lunatic. You know, I just thought she would slap your wrist and it was all good fun between us. I didn't know she would fucking destroy you. Right. She's like, I can try to help you. I can work to get your wrap shortened or something. But Kitty is just dead. And they have her, like, at lunch. And she, she can't even hold her cup. She's just all shaken. And when she drops her her mug, you know, Harper's like, okay, lunch is over for you, lady. And Kitty just fucking murders her. Right, with, uh, to the from the, with the encouragement of Marie. Yeah, because once Kitty gets up with this fork and is stabbing Harper in the throat, Marie's like, kill her! Kill her! Kill her! 
and, and nothing of value is lost. Nope. Well, except Kitty. She goes to apparently die now. They talk about well, her sitting in the death house. Yeah. They, obviously, they're going to have to... You know, it's 1950. Death penalty is is still pretty popular. Not so for women. We didn't actually execute a woman in this country for... Oh, wait. No, we did. Um, Let me see here. The first woman executed in the U.S., yeah, was uh, back in the day. These are old-ass black-and-white photos. They don't give me a date, but it was back in the day. <laughs> 1865. Jesus. Yeah, we've been, we've been murdering people for a long time. Um, Her crime was voting. Ah! No, yeah. no. She was um involved with John Wilkes Booth. Oh. Well, I mean... Yeah. I can see why they would want her dead. Yeah. But anyway, so Marie, you know, hates everything now. You know, there's like this group of women that come by and look at them like animals in the zoo. And Marie's yeah. like, fuck this. I'm guessing they were to be the replacement for, like, they're interviewing for... For Harper's job? Harper's job. That was my assumption. It's not really specified. I thought they were just like... Women on brunch, like like the wives of the commissioners or something. It's <laughs> possible too. Um, and the the like hundred year old prisoner who's actually seventy, and she's well, been- prison 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 is a hard life. Yeah, well, let's pull out the prison inflation calculator. She's been in for forty years. That comes to a hundred and twenty years. No, <laughs> yep. She's telling Marie, she's like, "Yo, I, I've spent more than half my life behind these bars. D- don't go fucking." down that criminal path. You try to get out of here the right way. And Marie's like, nope. Nope. She just goes right to Avira and takes that thing and puts on the lipstick. You know, and now she's getting out. She's got that uh, cashier set Long John Silver's job going for her. I'll be managing the Long John Silver's. And Ed Benton's like, hey, Marie, I know what's going on here. That job's just a blind. You're, you're gonna go work. You're gonna go do crime, and aren't you? Yeah. And Marie's like, yep. It's the only choice I have. <laughs> um, you did your best, but you can't kick the system. You know, better luck next time. I mean, she'll be seeing her soon. Like you said, you can't beat the system, and the system is designed to put you right back in. Yeah, because she gets in a car full of gangsters, and somebody's <laughs> asking Benton, what should we do with Marie's fa- file? And she just goes, keep it active. She'll be back. And that's the end of the movie. And then we get credits. Yep. Don't know what happens. I'm pretty sure that she ends up right back in because that's that's how the system works. Yeah, it's a sad movie. Yeah, it's it's a pretty nihilistic, depressing movie, but it's actually very well done. Very, very well done. Um, I watched this back when I watched like, every single women in prison movie in the span of a month. <laughs> Lovely. And I was burned out on like all the rape and just everything that goes with that genre. And then in the middle of it was this movie, and I was like, this is the greatest goddamn movie ever. Yeah, I mean, it, it manages to be thought-provoking and grim without, you know, overt, like, extreme violence and rape. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it takes its subject matter seriously. They, uh, it did get nominated for awards, but didn't win. No, but it was good. I mean, it was It was a good. very good movie. Um, where do you put it on the coffee scale? Um, I mean, it's definitely, you know... <laughs> it's it's really depressing black coffee in the morning, but it's it's quality black coffee in the morning. It's um it's the coffee I've been having in the morning because my Keurig broke, so I had to oh. pull out the coffee machine and make coffee the old fashioned way. 
you know, where you put it all in the filter and pour the water in and it's Mike, I it's I I have a Keurig, but I have reusable pods, so I get a little mini filter and fill it with coffee grounds. Well, what I had to do because the Keurig broke, but I still had all these pods. I've been opening the pods and dumping them in oh, the filter. I mean, hey, that's a that's that's creative. It yeah. works. Right on. Um, but I also own a reusable filter that you could just fill with whatever coffee you want and put it in the Keurig. Yeah, that's what I have. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's what I've been using to to measure coffee lately. I haven't I haven't bought a, a prepackaged pot of coffee in I don't know two years. It's still the the same good coffee that I get in the morning, but it's just depressing to make because I'm using this this old coffee maker, right? That was in a prison. No, <laughs> yeah, that that's Mister Coffee, sir. That's <laughs> Mister Coffee. It's inmate coffee. Inmate coffee. Anyway, excellent movie. Definitely worth seeing. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. We always saw it on... Did you rent it, or did you try to watch it through that Plex site? I, I watched it on Plex, and it was fine. Oh. But probably because I paused so much to take notes, it kept throwing it off, and it would just get stuck in a loop of showing me the same goddamn Monopoly Go commercial over and over again. Uh, oh, yeah. I just let it run through. Um... But yeah, it's an excellent movie. One of my favorites. I'm glad that we did this movie. Yeah, it's uh, it's really good. And um, like I said, it was grim, but in a in a watchable way. Like, man, I'm sad now, but I'm also not like grossed out. Well, it was grim in an important way too, though. It wasn't just like right. grim, dark for the sake of of being being dark. It's saying like something. Last, last house on the left. Yeah. Um. Or when people try to, like, make dark versions of, you know, popular genre stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this was our episode on Caged. Hope you enjoyed it. Big special thanks to Martha Page, William Wright, and Contributor for recording their contributions to this and the bonus episode. Lord knows what those are going to be. I haven't written them yet. Yeah. <laughs> How do you make women in prison funny? It's difficult. Okay. I mean, there are, I'm sure there are funny women in prison movies, but... There are, you're but- dealing with. When you're dealing with serious ones, it's hard to make them funny. Yeah, we're going to be talking about Kitty getting beat up and then go to a commercial with Martha saying, Hey, women, come to prison! But anyway, make sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Tell your friends, help get the word out. You can check out more episodes at our website, www.exploititpodcast.com, where you can also join our Exploit It Discord. Exploit It Discord. The link's there on the site. Follow us on Instagram at Exploit It Podcast or on formerly known as Twitter at Podcast Exploit. X gonna give it to you. Yeah. X gonna give it to you. I drew an X today at work. I had to write something which was abbreviated with an X and I stylized it in the Twitter logo. <laughs> that, that new X. And I'm like, nobody's gonna fucking notice. <laughs> that logo is so mid too. I know. Apparently it came from something else. So join us next time. Uh, next, uh, we got our bonus episode coming up. It's a uh, lady prisoner. What it was? I had to go to the notes. It's got a title, all right? Female prisoner seven hundred one scorpion. Or yep, that's the title. Female prisoner seven hundred one scorpion. And next week is Nazi zombies. Which will be a lot more fun than the kind of bummer movies that we're watching this week. Yep. But we will catch you then. Good night. Good night.